We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of the other guys who are in the mix for that position, first of all, can I just say that it is makes me feel old. It's like when you're talking about your kids or you're talking about whatever. The fact that Ryan Barnes and Chance Tucker are going into their junior year, which means they're, they're going into their third year on campus, uh, seems hard to believe for me, Brian. I, it feels like they just got here. I remember uh, going to practice and seeing Ryan Barnes for the first time and thinking, man, that kid is long. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just remember him being like the new kid on the block, so to speak. And now he's going into his third year. And, you know, he and Chance Tucker, this is a this is an opportunity for these guys to really solidify themselves within this depth chart. Like, we're not looking for them to be starters. But if something goes wrong, one or both of these guys is going to have to step up. And that is a big question mark for me as far as where this secondary is. Now, look, if nobody gets hurt and everything's good, I'm I'm good, right? But if we're talking a game or two or whatever, where one of these guys is going to have to step up, it's a big question mark for me. Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker, are they ready for a significant role increase yeah. on this team? I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer right. to that. I think Chance is, a, is ahead of Ryan right now. I think Ryan makes the flashier plays. Sure, Absolutely. The problem with Ryan is he's going into his junior year and the biggest football issue he's had has not gone away. And that is you'll have three or four great plays and then just one complete blown assignment. You know, getting beat by Matt Salerno on, for the touchdown in the spring game. That was just bad technique, not, mm-hmm. you know, not doing what you're supposed to do, and then you give up a touchdown. That's going to be the thing for Ryan is can can he eliminate – he's got length, he can run, he is physical – He's he can make plays in the football, but it's Vince. It's it's man. Hey, great series. And then the next series you go out and you you blow coverage on third and five. You you get caught peeking in the backfield on on second right. and ten, and the guy throws the ball over your head. Next thing you know, it's you know the other the other team's band is playing. You know those are the things where you just look at and say, hey man, this is the stuff you have got to eliminate. And the key to Ryan Barnes getting a chance to to be in the rotation and, and make an impact at Notre Dame, which he can physically, he has the tools to do. Sure. It's going to be very much about 
you've got to be more disciplined in how you go about your business every day. Right. And and that's going to be a big part of the thing for Ryan. The tools are there, Vince. And the other question is, okay, where does he play? Is he a field guy? Is he a nickel? Right. Is he yeah. boundary? He's kind of played all over. And so I, uh, I, he, he's got a lot of questions to answer. And, you know, we talk about somebody in the chat said, you know, what would a make or break, uh, breakout, what would a breakout year for Ryan Barnes look like? Well, I would say it's a make or break season for Ryan Barnes. And what would a breakout look like? It would mean Ryan's been consistent from an execution standpoint, which means he becomes a jack of all trades and he can play anywhere. Cause Ryan's one of those unique players, Vince, that he, he has a, the skills to play field. Because he's long mm-hmm. and rangy, Correct. like Cam Hart, he's got the physicality and coverage in- instincts to play boundary because the length and the speed and and the strength. But he's also a guy that we've seen play nickel, and he's a guy that can come up and be a really strong run supporter in the nickel. He's a guy that can come up and be physical against tight ends. He's got the size and length to play tight ends. If like you're playing a, you know, a Georgia type of team, and you're like, man, when Georgia is with, with Georgia and their tight ends, it's it's a challenging matchup because they can be in their run sets, and you still got to cover this long, fast guy at tight end. And if you've got your three linebackers in the field, you're in trouble. But then if you go nickel, they're going to run on you. Well, a guy like Ryan Barnes, if he's playing at the top of his game, can help you there because sure. he gives you a physical nickel presence against the run and some of those other things. But he's also someone who's long enough and strong enough to where he's not going to just get manhandled by a tight end either. But the problem is, is again, the consistency. So what would a make or break year like look like for Ryan Barnes? He's a consistent football player that just forces his way onto the field. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Absolutely. Then Chance Tucker, Vince, is the other guy that is in a position to me. And I thought of the two, he had the best spring because he had the more consistent spring for me. And I think Chance is a guy we don't talk a lot about. But a guy that I think could be a, a a a guy that you know as a boundary guy, as a he could be that guy and the boundary that you say if he steps up, he can do for Benjamin Morrison what we just got done talking about Jaden Mickey potentially doing as a field corner with Cam Hart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, Ryan Barnes is more of a, how do I want to put this? Not 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 a silent assassin. That doesn't necessarily work here, but he's just a guy that's not going to make the flashy plays. So you don't necessarily, if you're not looking for him, you don't recognize what he's doing. Does that make sense? Like that's that's how I feel about uh, about Chance Tucker. It's like he's he's there, he's doing the right it's not thing. Sexy. It's, he's yeah, not a sexy. He's player. not, yeah. and he's not he's not a kid who is going to. Uh, jump off the page at you when you're watching right. FSA because he doesn't do a lot of this, and, right? Exactly. You know, he's just he, he's just right. there. He's just doing his job, and he could find a role within this secondary, exactly like you just said. A chance to get Benjamin Morris in a series off to kind of recoup, get ready to get back out there, kind of a situation. Right. Uh, if he can do that, if that is if that ends up being his role, he gets a series in the first half. He gets a series in the second half. You know, or he, maybe a couple in the first half, depending sure, on if you're playing sure. a team that goes tempo, and, right? And a significant role, like on special teams, that kind of a thing. That's a win if you're yeah. if you're a Chance Tucker fan. I think that is a spot where he can find his niche and really help this team. And when you say, "Oh, well, he only played you know 15 plays on defense and was a special team stalwart," that's a really important position to play uh, right. on this Notre Dame team. And so that's a place where he can kind of carve out where he needs to be. And, and I think that that's a really important spot for him. I think, I think he can do it. I really do. I think he can do it. But again, and we, you, you've hear, heard this word a lot with a lot of the guys we're talking about. It's about consistency. He needs to be right. consistent. He doesn't need to necessarily make the flashy plays. I'm not expecting that from him, but I need him to be more consistent. Yes. Be where, be, be where you where be in the place you need to be in. Right. Don't give up big plays. People are going to go at you. Right, they're going to take shots at you. They're, you know, because look, when they see number twenty is not on the boundary and number eighteen is, they're going to go at you. Of course, hold your water, be sound with your technique. He's another guy that's got to get keep getting stronger, right? Because chances in that weird class because that whole group lost like a year of development. That whole 2020, 2021 class, uh, guys that were freshmen twenty one, most of them like Ryan Barnes missed his senior year. Chance sure. got a spring ball chance in California. was like three games. I was going to say, it was But so they missed limited. like months of development. Yeah. They couldn't work out. They couldn't lift. They couldn't do all those kind of things. So they're kind of a year behind in the, from a development standpoint in a lot of ways. Sure. Uh, and, and so you're, you're, you're seeing them hopefully, hopefully, this is a projection, hopefully kind of hit their peak maybe a little later than you'd expect of a cornerback, meaning junior seasons. But it's understandable because when you consider – the missed opportunities they had. And then of course, because of the way the depth chart was ahead of them, they didn't get a lot sure. of playing time the last two years. So chance is a guy that's got to get stronger mm-hmm. and he's got, he's got to be, but he was now again, we saw limited opportunities this spring, but when I saw chance this spring and you saw it in the blue game, blue gold game, he just is steady. Yeah. Right. And, and he's smooth. I think that somewhat masks, he has solid speed. He's not a burner, but he's got solid speed. Uh, he had good track times, but he's just smooth and fluid. He's not a guy you're just going to run by with ease. That's just the reality of it. Sure. Uh, but he's also a guy that is – and here's the here's the thing with these corners. The difference between like a Cam Hart, and we're going to talk about Christian Gray here in a second, is they're guys that are really fast that can get – in Micah Bell, that can get away with certain things because they're really fast. 
all the guys in between from Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker, they're not burners. So they mm-hmm. can't afford to have footwork mistakes when they're transitioning against a go route or a post route. They can't afford to, you know, overplay on a, on a lean out on a post route because they don't have the recovery speed to get back on it. Right. And those are the things where that's why consistency is so important for those guys, trusting the technique and why a guy like Mike Mickens is so important because there's a level of confidence that they're going to get there now that they do get this whole off season with coach Mickens. And so that's why I'm I'm confident that you're going to see, I thought chance had a nice, sort of breakout-ish type of performance yeah. this spring. Solid. Now, can you build on that mm-hmm. and become that more dependable player after all spelling all summer against Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas and Tobias Merriweather and guys like that, Jaden Greathouse and Braylon James and Rico Flores? <laughs> right. Can you, can you build on that? And if you can, now all of a sudden you're now rolling four deep. Right. And in, in most games. Now, you may not be four deep against Ohio State, right? Like, if, if Marvin Harrison's playing the boundary with, I love Chance Tucker, but I don't want to take my All American off the field in that particular game. But if my All American, pardon me, if my All American is fresh because Chance could take 15 away from him in the four previous games, then I'm feeling really good about, you know, where my guy's legs. I mean, again, they're going to play Ohio State September 23rd. That's going to be game five mm-hmm. for Notre Dame crazy you run the risk of them wearing down really soon sure that's the reality of it because you're because you're playing five games in the hottest period of the year like that can wear on you and so against navy against tennessee state against nc state against central michigan if your backups can't force their way hey coach put me in did you not see me lock dudes down all week i got this you then then you're going to you're going to wear down quick and then by the time USC comes to town your guys are your guys don't have the legs right and so the fact that Notre Dame does start a week sooner the fact that they're going to spend a whole month of camp and the whole first 5 games of the year during the hot period you know if they can't get breathers you're going to be in trouble but you sure. also can't give them breathers if those other guys aren't ready so they may not get a lot of the attention but there's a reason we're talking as much about Jaden Mickey and Chance Tucker and Ryan Barnes as we are about the starters mm-hmm. because the nature of the game today, the nature of the specific nature of their schedule and the realities of when they play and the teams they play means your depth better be as good as your starters in, in, in a lot of ways, at least in the time that they're on the field. And I, and I have a feeling that this is a little bit of a prediction that chance is going to be a surprise player for Notre Dame this year as, as sort of that really key, you know, reserve player that that's going yeah. to say, Hey, teams are going to go at him early and he's going to make them pay for it. And uh, I just kind of have that feeling about him this year. Bold, so we're, we're bold predictions see. are for the end. Brian. Yeah. Bold predictions. It's not really a bold end. prediction. All that's right. more of a, an observational <laughs> prediction All right. about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. And I, I flipped over to the schedule real quick. They're going to have, because you make a good point about the heat of the year, you know, the hottest part of the year and all that. They're going to have half their regular season schedule played by the time October 1st hits. Six games are within August and September. Six. That's Because they play Duke on the 30th, right? Yeah. Yes. They have six games, Brian, before the calendar turns to October. Half the schedule is going to be done. That that's that's my and I realize they play in week zero, 
but there's five weekends in September, the way the right. calendar falls. So you're going to have six games done by the time you get to October. That's, yeah. that's nutty to me. Uh, Cause it, it doesn't even feel like football season until October to me. Like that's when it's like they in the thick of it, but they're going to have half their schedule done. But it's like, done. if you can get through the Ohio state game, Vince. Sure. You know, th- those next two teams are going to be challenges before USC, but it's kind of like if you could get to Ohio state unscathed, Mm-hmm. You're in a situation where that's the period of time when your when your younger players start being more ready to give you minutes. Sure. Then you've also, of course, you have two buys. So if you get once you get through USC, you got a bye week. So if you you know, then you're going to have another bye week. What two three weeks later, right? Three right. weeks later, another yeah. bye week. So you've got to survive the early period of the season. Yeah. You've got to survive that. If you can survive that, then you're going to be good. The schedule sets up much better later in the year. Right. Because they have and, and eight yeah. games before a bye. And then they have two buys within four games. Right. Like that's right. It's just weird the way the schedule sets up. That's why the depth is so important. Yes, absolutely. That's because you can take a whole game off of snaps if you have good depth. Sure. Oh, yeah. That's the reality of it. If not game and a half, two games. So we're gonna we're gonna see. Now we got two more young bucks we're gonna talk about too, Vince. We do. Incoming freshmen. You've got early enrollee Christian Gray, and then you've got regular enrollees on campus now, Micah Bell. And Mm -hmm. so two freshmen. There was a question in the chat at one point, obviously long gone by now, but somebody was asking, do you think that Christian Gray can start at some point this season or get considerable minutes moving forward? And I will toss that to you to get this thing kicked off to talk I mean, about these incoming freshmen. I mean, when you look at Christian Gray, it's it's it would be it would be foolish of me to start talking about him being a starter because he's not going to beat out Cam Harder or, or Benjamin Morrison, right? Agreed. So when you look at Christian Gray, I'd feel a lot better about saying, yes, for sure, he can start if need be had he not gotten hurt halfway through spring ball. Right. That's the reality of it. That, and he was just starting to kind of find his groove as that happened. The thing about him is he's a natural in a lot of ways, Vince. I mean, his, his junior year, you know, I liked him, but, you know, I thought he was a good technician and he was long, but I just there's just something about him that just really I wasn't sure about. I, I had a hard time really buying in to him being a big time top hundred guy. And then he comes out his senior year and he locks down Aaron Scott, locks down. Uh, he he gives it like one reception to, to Cardinal Tate. That's it. Locks down Ryan Wingo, and you're just like, all right, cool. And then I remember one of my favorite clips of the season is Jeremiah Love is playing against DeSmet, which is where Christian Gray went. And, and, and so Christian Brothers, Jeremiah is running, and he's got an easy touchdown. And he's getting kind of close to the touchdown. He looks back, and Christian Gray is like, shh. Like, and so then like Jeremiah has to speed up a little bit to get to the end zone because it's like, uh-oh, this dude is coming. <laughs> and so you think about the competition he had to play against, and – and you look at him and say, boy, this is a guy that has a, the, the tools to be an outstanding player. Sure. But he's skinny. He's 180 pounds, 175, 180 pounds. He ended up missing half of the spring. And you have to that's ask yourself, part, yeah. is this a guy that's going to be able to go out there and be ready early on? Well, then you say, well, you don't really need him to be ready day one. You just need him to be ready at some point in time in the season. And so do I, I don't know where Christian's going to be. This year, I think he's going to have a, a he's going to have to battle to beat out Jaden Mickey and Ryan Barnes and Chance Tucker, but he's got the tools to do it. And in other years, Vince, you're talking about him being a guy that we're counting yeah. on to come in and play. I mean, two years ago, yes. you're asking him to start. Absolutely. I mean, that's just the reality of it. In 2020, yeah. he's starting over Clarence Lewis. 
You know, I mean, that's just the re- if he's a freshman at the same time. Because they would have both been freshmen, you're right. Correct. He would have been that guy. He's ahead he, of where Clarence Lewis was oh, as a freshman. Because he's yeah. a way better, ta- more talented player than Clarence right. was at the same time. So you're looking at a guy that has all the tools. It's just he's kind of walking into a situation when Notre Dame's cornerback room is as healthy as it's been since 2018 when they had arguably <laughs> right. the best one-two cornerback punch in the country, along with, you know, like Clemson, I think, was the other team that I thought was in that conversation. And they both played pretty dang well in the in the in the game against each other. So that's kind of where we're at, Vince, is, is mm-hmm. you know, they don't need him to play right away, but he's a bit of a wild card because if Clarence Lewis is playing this year, it's not because they need him to. It's because he's just too good. Right. Like, dude, we can't sit this guy. This right. guy's phenomenal. Like, we can't we we can't afford to not play him. He's he's as, as good as we have. He's just young. Right. And and so and then you look at Micah Bell, and the minute Micah Bell steps foot on campus, Chris Tyree is no longer the fastest player in the football team. Which is mind blowing to me. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Mind blowing to me. Now he's I, raw. He needs sure. a lot of work, but you're you're talking about a guy mm-hmm. that you know you, you just went and added a lot of speed, a lot of speed. Yeah. to your roster with these two freshmen. Because like Clarence Lewis was timed at 4-4-1 and a 4-4-2 at Ohio State's camp as a junior. And then he went out, and I'm like, I don't know if he's – I remember, I think I said in the show, Mo, I don't know that – I don't see that kind of speed on the field because he's just so smooth and fluid and does just kind of looks effortless at times. Well, then this year when he was playing against dudes every week and he had to kind of – you know, they could test him with speed, and you're like, okay, yeah, he's that fast because he's just run, he's like toying with Ryan Wingo right now just toying with him. And he's just toying with, with Jeremiah McClellan right now. You're just like, okay, this guy, this guy can freaking run. And he's not even close to your fastest cornerback in the freshman class with him and Micah Bell. So that's a big, that's a big improvement. Now, Micah Bell's one. I don't know how ready he's going to be technically to play as a freshman. I could see him being a guy that they kind of say, Hey, early on, let's work at him as a nickel. Okay, and say hey, we've got that really fast cover guy, that next Tariq Bracy type of nickel. Because the other nickels on the roster, we'll get into the nickels here in a second. They're different than what Tariq was. Sure, this is kind of that guy that brings a little bit of that, plus much more speed than what Tariq brought to the table. So I'm very curious to see what the two freshmen can do. When yeah. you look at Christian Gray, Vince, all the tools are there. When you look at Micah Bell, you say, boy, this guy can flat out fly. And he's it was a thousand yard running back the last two years. I mean, so he's a tough kid too. It's right. just how quickly like if you could turn them into one kid, it's a freshman all American. I mean, because you know Christian would have that just dynamic speed. You know, he'd have a little bit more strength. You know, just lower body strength. Because in some ways, Micah Bell kind of has a little bit of running back in him. You know, and then if Micah Bell could have uh, Christian's length and technique, he's playing as a freshman, right? And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how what kind of influence they're going to be able to make. But here's the other thing too, Vince. We talked about the um, the veterans like Chance Tucker, Ryan Barnes, Jade Mickey. Here's the other part of it that I that I love. You better play well, not only because mm-hmm. do we need you, but if you don't, I got two freshmen that have more God given ability than you do. If you're not going to make plays, if you're not going to bring it, if you're not going to be focused, if you're not going to do what we're asking you to do. I'm just going to put the more talented freshman in there mm-hmm. and, and and see what he can do. And that's where depth is so important. So important. That's where recruiting comes in, right? Yeah. I mean, you're 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 always recruiting to make your team better. And I love the fact that they're bringing in new guys, they're bringing in freshmen from the recruiting ranks and not even transfers. I'm just talking about legit recruits from high school. You're bringing these guys in to push the guys that are ahead of them. And 
ask them when they come in, stand at their dorm room and ask them when they come in on campus for the first time, Hey, do you think you can play at Notre Dame? Uh, yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Like right. these guys know they can play. They want to play. They're going to give it everything they've got because they're, they're going to try to get on the field right. and it's only going to make the guys above them either, either better, or they're going to be like, okay, get out of my way. Here I come. Right. Uh, and look, coach Mickens, you can say a lot of things about coach Mickens positive. Obviously he's not afraid to play freshman. He will play the best kid to make the team better. That's yeah. what he's going to do. And he's proven it many, many times. Uh, and he'll do it again if he needs to. You know, he's going to give all these other guys the absolute shot that they deserve. But he is going to allow freshmen, if need be, to bypass those guys on the depth chart. So we saw it with Jaden Mickey in the spring. We obviously saw it with, with Morrison in the fall and, and the summer, obviously. And so if Christian Gray does what he needs to do and those guys aren't he's gonna play and i you know i know you wouldn't be upset to see him play well it, it, i i would and i wouldn't i get i get what you're saying like i i think he's very talented and i think he could he could end up being an impact player we've talked before when, when we were talking about it from a recruiting standpoint of you know him kind of forces way into the field this year and then you know being a backup this season then he you know he could end up being the guy to replace cam hart in the field next year and and then he then moves into the boundary the year after when when Benjamin Morrison goes pro, right? If sure. if that were Absolutely. to be the right. case, that's certainly a, a track and a path that he could be on. Now Jaden Mickey's not going to give up that starting role in twenty twenty four easily, right? Yes, but certainly he brings the talent. And if he's not playing, if he's not starting, and there's not an injury, another injury in the conversation, then that means Jaden Mickey and Chance Tucker and or, or you know one of those guys has really stepped up and is playing very well. So it's not that I want to see him play as if like, I like him more than others. It's just that it's, it's nice to know that if other guys don't get the job done, yeah, right. Then you're in great shape. That to me is, is more of the key for me. And that's, that's why I love depth because we we've talked for a lot of years, Vince with Notre Dame and you know, Hey, look, if this guy stays healthy, this team's going to be really, really good. And, and there's always there. It's like almost every position. If they don't have any injuries this year, (laughs) <laughs> and everybody plays their potential and nobody takes a step back. This Notre Dame football team is going to be really good. Well, here's the, here's the reality of it. That always happens. Always Somebody's injuries. not going to play, be as good. Look, I don't know who it's going to be. Someone that we think is going to be a good player this year is not going to take the jump that we think he's going to take. Sure. Someone's not going to be as good as they were last year. Someone's going to get hurt. That's just going to happen at some position. We don't know what it's going to be, but when you have a deeper team and you and you have the kind of athletes that Notre Dame needs to have, then you have situations where um, you can survive those things, and that's kind of what where I come from on that whole thing. Absolutely so. agree. Okay, so people are asking what we well, we'll get to him last. Oh. We'll get them last. I'm going to go to the okay. nickel first. I'm going to go That's to Thomas Harper first. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. People talk, keep, well, keep, keep asking about Clarence. Right. And we'll I was going to say, Clarence we're going to talk about all Nick. by himself. Yeah. He's exactly. going to be his own special category. <laughs> He's so, got his own special category. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to talk about the nickel now. Obviously, Notre Dame hit the transfer portal, brought in Thomas Harper. Disappointing that Thomas Harper was injured all during spring. At least it was for me. I really wanted to see him out there see what he could do in the nickel, see what he could do running around with these guys. I was very disappointed to see that. But they brought him in for a very specific reason, and that reason was to play nickel. Uh, He's listed as a safety on the depth chart. 
We wanted to talk about him at corner because you know nickel is a corner, is a safety, whatever. We, we want to talk about the him. way that Notre Dame uses their nickel. It's more like a corner, right? And we were gonna talk about him at safety until Antonio Carter signed. Once Antonio Carter signs, you have your depth now at safety. Right. And now you can look at Thomas Harper as more of a pure corner because I mean, Vince, when you look at when you look at it last year, and like look, if you if you one of the cool things that Pro Football Focus actually does is they break down where you put where you lined up. And he played 61 snaps last year as a free safety. He played 12 snaps last year at cornerback. And then he played about 300 and I'm trying to do the math here real quick. 323 snaps as either a slot or in the box, which is basically the box means he was a slot, but they brought him in and brought him off the edge or had him inside. So 323 snaps and, uh, and, and like, that's what he does. 61 snaps as a safety 12. So he had 330 some snaps as a corner slot, second level defender he only had 61 snaps as a third level <laughs> defender right right it's not a safety right he's a he's a he's a nickel and so that was why it was so important for them to get a guy like antonio carter because antonio carter can do all that stuff too because antonio carter was a cornerback at rhode island and if push comes to shove and you really had a need there you could move antonio carter to sure corner. he went played against pitt and and held his own against pitt last year as a corner but you're going to be able to move him to safety, which allows you to have Thomas Harper as a pure corner. And the mm-hmm. way that they will use him is more as part of what you're doing with the corners than it is the safeties. And that's why we're talking about Thomas Harper in this in this conversation. And it comes down to it is if you can get the guy that they had for seven games last year at at uh, or at, at for Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. You've got a guy that has a chance to be a really, really good football player, a really good football player. And, you know, gave up fewer yards per catch than Tariq Bracey did last year in a a league that's still pretty offense dominated. And I've said this to people before. You want to know how good Thomas Harper is? Go watch the TCU game. Watch how TCU tried to go at him early, had zero success. They had a, was a 24 to seven lead, 24 to 14 lead. He gets hurt. And literally the next – I believe it's literally the next series, TCU goes down and scores and starts their comeback and beats Oklahoma State. That's how important he is. And if you look at TCU or Oklahoma State's defense in the second half of the year, he only played one more game after that. He came back against Kansas State, got hurt again, and he was out for the year, and it coincides with their defense faltering. Is he the only reason for it? No. Is he a definitely a, a an important reason why? Yes. So – Question number one with Thomas Harper is, can he stay healthy? Absolutely. That's going to be question number he one. Hasn't, he hasn't practiced one time right. with Notre Dame yet. Well, he, he did. He didn't go any through contact, but he did like some one-on-ones. He, he did, did a like little bit. Okay. He was running around. He just wasn't in anything contact related. Gotcha. But that's also not your – so it means you're not like in a team setting unless it's like walk through right. stuff, right? Working, so, I mean, working with the guys right. that you're going to be playing with. We didn't with, see him tackle anybody. We didn't tackle, see him that, beat right. blocks. We didn't see him doing right. that stuff. But he wasn't just on the sideline like Jadarian Price or anything like that. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. But if he can step up as the nickel, you don't miss a beat. As long as he can pick up the defense and be the guy he was at Oklahoma State, you don't miss a beat. At cornerback and at the slot. And that's huge because Tariq Bracey was a very important part of this defense last year. Just go ask Ohio State. 
how important Tariq Bracey is. Go ask USC how important, how easy it was to defend, to game plan to play Notre Dame when they didn't have Tariq Bracey playing in the slot. Right? right, he was a very important and integral oh, piece to this defense such, last year. If they had like an award for the most underrated player at Notre Dame, he would, for me, be at the top yeah. of the list. Like Agreed. he did not get the respect that he deserved for what he was able to do. Period. Uh, and to be honest with you, I, even at the next level, from a drafting standpoint, didn't get the respect that he deserved yeah. um, and how he can play the game. But yeah. that's another conversation. But but yeah. you're adding a guy to me that's bigger, that can come close to matching you for speed is stronger and even more productive than Tariq mm-hmm. was last year. So that's the, that's what he brings that's to the scary. table. Yeah, it is. And, and so he's a guy that you look at and say, man, if this kid can, if this kid can be what he, for Notre Dame, what he was at Oklahoma state, then Notre Dame doesn't miss a beat. And if they cannot miss a beat at corner and then the other two guys can be more consistent, all of a sudden your, your situation in the secondary is really, really impressive. And now he, what's wild is, I don't know if like anybody watched this film last year because I'm watching these lists of like 60, 70, you know, transfers are going to be big and like, like no mention of transfers. Never, yeah. And I'm just like, did you guys not watch this kid play last year or the year before? I'm I'm kind of struggling to figure out what the heck you guys are looking at because mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. I really right. can't figure it out because he was pretty good the year before Vince. You know, like he gave up, uh, he allowed sixty six point seven percent completion percent in the in 2021, but only gave up seventy yards. Five point eight. So that just means all the reception he gives up are like just little stuff in front of him that he just rallied and tackled the ball. He wasn't giving up anything deep. Right. And those are things you look at and say, well, this guy's got a chance to to be a really good football player, a really good football player. If they yeah. can, if they can keep him healthy and, and have him mentally adapt and technically adapt to what they're doing defensively. That's not always, that's not always a guarantee. Right. So that's why there's a little bit of an asterisk here. Sure, but if he does those two things, you're this is where your coverage is going to be outstanding this season on the second level. That you know, we'll talk about the third level here in a couple weeks. Right? The safety <laughs> position—that's <laughs> a different conversation. But your second level is is strong, so I think it was very important to when we talk about why we think this corner position is loaded. Part of it is it's the depth behind it, it's the freshmen, obviously the starters, but it's also Thomas Harper is is a reason for me why I view it to be so good. Cause I know he's listed as a safety, but for all intents and purposes, we, I we knew more the about second they brought him in that he was yeah. going to be a nickel. Right. I mean, yeah. but for all intents and purposes, he's more of a corner than he is a safety. Sure. And I think that's important. Yeah. Good point. So let's get to the guy that everybody in the, well, not everybody, people in the chat are curious about where he's at. What, why did we not bring him up? They Clarence, thought we Lewis. forgot him. We, how could we forget Clarence? Come on. Yeah. Man. We can't forget Clarence. So Clarence Lewis has obviously been around for a while. He is a senior. He started as a freshman at corner. He legitimately got passed up last year at corner by Benjamin Morrison. What are they going to do with Clarence Lewis, Brian? We, we're talking about him in the nickel category. Uh, is that where kind you of. see him as the kind most of. productive or possibility to get on the field? Well, I think that's where we saw him at his best last year. Sure. I mean, if you want to look at it, that's where Clarence Lewis was at his best last year. When you look at him in the spring, that's where he was at his best. When Clarence gets in trouble is when you can isolate him on the outside in a one-on-one. We saw it in 2021. We saw it in 2022. When you can isolate him in a one-on-one outside, he just doesn't have the speed to run vertically with speedy guys. Right. And the best teams on your schedule are going to do that. 
against him. And and so he didn't get exposed against Ohio State because Ohio State just refuses to throw the ball down the field with any consistency whatsoever. North Carolina is the exact opposite. They like to throw the ball down the field. So what do they do? They beat him for like a 60, 70-yard mm-hmm. touchdown because they just yeah. run right by him. And so he's just not a guy that you look at and say, boy, that's just a guy that really needs to be playing outside cornerback a lot. Now, th- the problem is he may need to because if those other guys don't step up, you're going to sure. have to play Clarence there. And that's why it's important that those guys step up because the one the one really good thing about Clarence Lewis is he's a bit of a I-can-do-anything kind of guy. I, I'm a jack-of-all-trades. I can play corner. I can play slot. I can play safety. I, I think he can play safety. But where he's best at is he's best in the, in the nickel. Yeah. And he's best as a guy that can be part of a rotation. So if if Jaden Mickey doesn't step up, then you're going to see Clarence playing nickel and field. If Chance Tucker doesn't step up or Ryan Barnes doesn't step up, then you're going to see Clarence playing nickel and boundary. And I and I think ideally that's not going to be as the best case for him. I think the best thing for Clarence is him and Thomas Harper are both manning that nickel spot. And, and maybe playing like a 60-40 split sure. in most weeks because I think t- Clarence is pretty solid there, and this takes some of the wear and tear off of Thomas Harper, at least early in the year. And so to me, that's where I see Clarence. But the the, the, the the he's a bit of a unicorn in this secondary in that Vince. Is he's literally one of the maybe two guys, maybe the only guy that could play all five secondary positions in my opinion. Because we were pushing for him to move, be moved to safety for 100%. a while. Now. 100%. And we'd still and, be doing that if they didn't get Antonio Carter. Right? This That's exactly yeah. what we'd be saying. Like, they need to make this move right now if they didn't they get Antonio They needed to make Carter. the move a year ago, but that's a different yes, conversation. It's a different, but that's what's so <laughs> interesting about the nickel position is sure. because the things that expose him outside, don't ex, you're not exposed the, the same way as, you know, he can use his technique more. He can use his, sure. his he can use his, um, his uh his intelligence more it can use his instincts more and be protected over the top and i think that's a key for him to be an effective corner uh, uh, an effective slot guy but sure th- i know the staff is high on him vince but the reality is is you're not going to be able to use him outside in my opinion against the ohio states but even more so against the usc's the clemson's the georgia's the alabama's the teams that you're going to be playing, if you're if you're truly competing for a championship, you have to have Clarence inside, and as a as a rotation player, not as a starter. And and where he's ultimately going to play, and this is partly why he's at the, at the end too, is how where he's going to play is ultimately not going to be determined by him. It's going to be determined by all the other dudes that we talked about. Sure. And how well they perform, and whether or not they're able to say, "Hey, look, you can put Clarence in one position now because be. I got yeah. this, he's got this, he's got that." And honestly, I think that'd be great for Clarence. Yeah, because he's played boundary, field, nickel. He's moved them all over the place. Let him learn to spot and be good with it. And then when Thomas Harper's gone, now maybe all of a sudden Clarence is able to. Well, I've really mastered this nickel stuff down, and now I've got the nickel position. Sure. Or if Thomas Harper has another injury. You're going to slide Clarence in there. And the reason – this is not a demotion in my view, Vince, because when you look at Notre Dame's schedule this year and you look at Robert and I as the new AC, the new coordinator in NC State, they're going to throw the football a lot. Sure. Just go watch Virginia in 2020. Even Syracuse threw the ball out last year. You look at Ohio State's going to throw the ball a ton. You look at Duke as a spread team that's going to have a mobile quarterback and they're going to throw the ball a lot. 
Louisville it, now has Jeff Brom. They're going to throw the ball a ton. Uh, USC is going to throw the ball a lot. Now, they're going to still run it, but they're <laughs> spread thrown, throwing at teams. Wake Forest is going to spread it out and throw it. Stanford's going to spread it out and throw it. Almost every team you play that has a pulse, with the exception of Pitt, is a team that you're going to need to have your nickel defense be almost your base defense. Absolutely. Well, how many times did they start in the nickel last year? A right. bunch. Like Tariq Bracey got a bunch of starts last year. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but I know he was on the field first numerous times. And and nickel became their base last year. It did. And I would say a lot of the things that you just said about Clarence Lewis, about him being able to use his technique and all of these different things, is what made uh, Tariq Bracey really good in that spot at the nickel position. I think it just fit his skill set. And I think this fits Clarence Lewis's skill set better than maybe playing on the outside. But you're, I mean, he could do it if he had to. He looks so, so more, I mean, Vince, doesn't he just look so much more natural in yes. the slot to me? 100%. I mean, he just, he just looks smooth. He looks natural. He looks like he runs better there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, but he just looks more comfortable there, but you've had to move them all over. And I think it's been to his – now, it's partly been because of how – I mean, he's just that guy. Clarence is just one of those guys like, hey, coach, where you need me this week? All right, cool. Sure. Right, I bet. I'm going to go learn it and do the best I can. And then that's a yeah. great asset to have. But I think sometimes you could do that to his detriment. Yeah. Because now you need – what? where is he the best football player? Because sure. you can't tell me that Clarence Lewis is great at all his positions. Otherwise, he'd be starting and playing right. a lot more and not be getting beat the way that he does. But I love the fact that when Clarence has been ever, whenever Clarence has been called upon, he's answered the bell, and he's a guy that that played a lot better last year than some fans give him credit for because of how bad he was in 2021. That then the couple times he does get beat in 2022, it's like, oh, pff, Clarence still sucks. No, they put him in a situation where he he it should never did, have yeah. been guarding the goal route. And I think there, I still say that long play against North Carolina, I still say there's a blown coverage. He might have been the one that blew it. But he played that go route like he thought he was getting covered to help over the top. He right. just did. I completely agree. He just wasn't there. Now, yeah, he there. may have been the one that blew it. He right. may have gotten the wrong coverage. But he call. played it as if it was covered Correct. Too. So it's not like the dude just straight ran by him. Mm-hmm. But that's the risk that you run is you don't have a guy that has the recovery speed to, to overcome that. Sure. And, hey, I still got beat, but the guy caught it and I tackled him. Right. Not he caught it and then ran away from me for a touchdown. So I think you're almost to his detriment. He's almost too much of a jack-of-all-trades to his own detriment. Yeah, And that's why I feel like if those other players step up and Clarence, because of the COVID year, has another year left, if you can have Clarence kind of be that rotation nickel, be a special teams guy, if Clarence, if Thomas Harper goes down again, then you're still okay there with Clarence. But it's going to be harder for him to master that if you're just moving him around all over the place. Sure. Yeah, And so he brings great value in that he is so versatile. But I think if you're really going to look view Clarence Lewis as a guy that's going to play a lot of snaps for you, eventually you have to say, this is where he's going to be the best. Right, And I, I have never seen Clarence Lewis play better at cornerback as I thought he did at slot last year. And that's ultimately the reason why I think that's the position where he should end up. Mm-hmm. But the reason you got to talk about him last is because he is going to be so much his where he plays is going to be so much impacted by what Chance Tucker does, by what Jaden Mickey does, by who gets hurt at those positions. How does Ryan Barnes perform? Is Christian Gray ready to help you out? Can Micah Bell do certain things? That's going to all determine just how much. 
and, and you know, let's say Micah Bell, like this guy's got to play. Well, where does he come? He's really only comfortable right now in nickel. Okay, then now we'll move Clarence out here, and Micah Bell can be that guy. So no matter where how you how you look at it, Vince, I think that's the least likely scenario right now. The reason that you talk about Clarence last is because I believe where he ultimately ends up is going to be determined by how other guys perform. And if they play the way we hope, and then Clarence can stay in the nickel, I think that's going to be better for Clarence. And it also sure. means that this second, this cornerback depth chart is going to be really, really good. Yeah, it's a domino effect, right? I mean, it's a domino effect. If he's allowed to just focus on nickel, that means everybody else is doing what we hope they are doing. And the depth chart is solid everywhere else. And that means that if it's solid everywhere else, everything is going right. <laughs> and and this the secondary could be really, really good. And obviously, we're only talking about the corners and the nickel today, but corner and nickel can be really, really good. And mm-hmm. that can mask some other things that if you have issues. But right. we're going to talk about those other potential issues at a later date. That's right. So we have, we at the end of our depth chart breakdown, we like to kind of, Throw out some different things. So, like, what are we most confident in? Biggest question marks. And then a couple of bold predictions, Brian. So, when we're talking about the cornerback position, what are you most confident? I've got two written down here. Well, Vince, give yours because mine are pretty much – I'm pretty much where you are with the first one for sure. Okay. Okay. So, my first one is – you know, and let me be real clear here. And I think we – I hate that I have to say this every time, but obviously this is – if everybody's healthy, sure. Dot 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 dot. Right. So, uh, my first one is Hart and Morrison are going to be in the conversation for the best cornerback duo in the country when yeah. it's all said and done. Right now, they're in the conversation of one of the top six or seven. Right. We're talking about like one best. or two, like best. They're battling with Bama with teams like that for no. We have the best corner right tandem. Exactly. Agree. That's what I'm most Agreed. confident. I, I really think it's also a bit of a bold prediction too. It is. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, I mean, it is. There, there's no doubt about it. It is a bold prediction. I, I went a little more specific, like with stats and things like that. But uh, it, it is a little bit of a bold prediction because when was the last time Notre Dame was able to say that? <laughs> it's been right. A long 2018 time. Okay. I mean, last so, time they were able to say that, they went 12 and 0. Yeah. And had one of the best defenses in college football. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, 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 I'm talking about the 2018 Julian Love and Troy Pride. That's a, but in, but what did they lack that year? What was the one missing ingredient to that defense that year? They didn't have nickel. Sure. They tried to use Harrison Griff, Houston Griffith there early, and he wasn't cut out for that. Then they tried to put Asmar out there as a rover. He wasn't, they had, they had a hard time with the nickel position in 2018. And that's the one big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my second most confident thing is that the the play of the corners will allow the front seven to play at a higher level. Yeah. Right. And that and that's kind of common sense if you if you sure. know football and you know X's and O's and and things like that. Different that's why it's a, it's a confidence effect. level, not a bold prediction. Exactly. Right. That's why I'm confident in that. I think that that is going to allow some of these younger backers, some of the depth of the defensive line. They're all going to be able to play at a higher level, a little bit more loose. A little bit more go get the football kind of a deal, which I think is where this front seven is going to be at their best is if they're just allowed to play and not have to worry about when the ball goes over their head. They're not going to have to worry about that, I don't think. And they're just going to be allowed to play. So it's going to take the front seven's game to another level. Well, I think it allows Al Golden to be more aggressive with them too. Exactly. I think that's the <clears> other <throat> part is he like he wants to blitz. Like they spent all freaking spring blitzing, just all spring. Well, why? I mean, well, that's what Al Golden likes to do. Except, but no, but 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 why? You you're an idiot as a coach if you're a heavy blitz team and you don't have big time corners. Right, you're an idiot. You can't. Right. You have to be real strategic with your blitzing. So I don't think Al Golden's an idiot. I think Al Golden understands. Hey, we got something pretty good here from a coverage standpoint on the second level between our two outside corners, our nickel, the kid that we're bringing in, and then even to a degree Clarence Lewis as that as that guy. So, hey, we can be more aggressive. We can turn right. these linebackers. We have undersized linebackers that can run. Okay, well, how, how do we take advantage of that? Yeah, Let's exactly. turn them loose right. a little bit. You know, we 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 don't have the biggest edge guys, so let's let's turn them loose. And you can do that when you have corners that can come up and play press because what can happen if you're a heavy blitz team and, and you have to back off is you get in situations where teams are just going to pick you apart they're going to bubble you out you know quick outs hitches slides things like that right they're just going to nickel and dime you to death well what notre dame is able to do is say hey we're going to take your quick game away by our leverage and by our 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 cover one we're going to play press or press coverage so if you're going to beat us you have to beat the ball beat it down the field but if we're bringing more than you have to block or we're bringing this overload or we're we're able to get some kind of pressure on you're not gonna have time to get the ball down the field right and so that's what that's something that that um that you you need to have strength at cornerback in order to do that. Right. You'll see defenses, Vince, are like, man, I'd like to blitz more, but I just can't because I'm not corners. Or you have coaches that like the blitz say, well, this is who we are going to blitz, but then you're not going to corner. Brent Venables last year at Clemson was that way. I mean, you, you talk about one of the reasons why. I mean, there that defense underachieved big time in 2021. We we talked a lot about that, and the reason it underachieved that year. Now the numbers. Numbers were were good at the end of the year, but they did not play well in big games. They dominated some really bad teams. And and why did they why did they get in trouble late in the year? They got in trouble late in the year because they when they played teams that could throw the football. And the reason is is because no matter how good their front seven was, they couldn't stop teams from throwing the football. I mean, yeah, they dominated Syracuse, who sucks. They dominated Georgia Tech, who sucked, and South Carolina State, who sucked, and all that. But then look what happens when they got to go play Boston College, who has a quarterback can actually throw the ball down the field. You know, it throws for 311 yards. Look what happens when they play Kenny Mick, uh, Kenny Pickett and Pitt, 
they lose by 10 points and Kenny Pickett throws for 302 yards. Uh, then they beat up on Florida State, who wasn't that good that year. They beat up on Louisville, who sucked. They beat up on Connecticut, who sucked. Then Sam Hartman throws for 370 yards on them, right? And and so they they were they got, they were lucky that they didn't play the schedule in 2022 that they I mean 2021 that they played in 2022 because then they'd have been in even more trouble because sure. they played more teams. But it was be but it was it, they got in trouble in those games because they didn't have a secondary that could cover and protect the blitz. And and so when you, when you look at it, Vince, and now of course their scheme is a little bit different this year, but you've got to be able to have guys can cover, right? If you're going to be aggressive, yeah. And they do. Now you can also, even if you have great corners, you can still blitz too much, and that's you know we're going to see about that. But to to your point is you don't have to protect your front seven, you don't have to protect your corners with your front seven, right? Exactly. You can protect your, protect your front seven with your corners, exactly. And that's yeah. something even the 2018 cornerbacks couldn't do because Troy Pride could play man coverage, but Julian Love could not. Julian right. Love was a zone. He's corner. a zone guy all the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember they tried to play him in man early, and and uh, Nico Collins just torched him for a 50 yard play for for Michigan. You remember that, Vince? He just beat him on a post run. They're like, yeah, no more of that. We're good. <laughs> no one, good. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Go back that's... to zone. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, what it is, man. Yes, I, I agree with that. I, I think probably the other thing I'm most confident in is I'm most confident in that that they're going to have the depth this year to be able to sustain poor play uh, or injury, but more so that they're going to have the depth this year to be able to to take some of the burden off of Cam Hart and, and, and Benjamin Morrison, at least at least in seven or eight of the games that they play this year. I, I'm not I don't I don't know that I'm ready to say that. I trust Gray and Mickey and. Tucker and Barnes against Ohio State, USC. Sure. Uh, at this point in time, they've, they've still got to prove that to me. But I do think from what we've seen enough so far that those guys are going to be ready to play against NC State and Tennessee State and Louisville and Pitt and those type of teams. So that that's um that's something that I'm confident in this year. Vince. Sure. Biggest question marks. And it's funny that you just mentioned the confidence in the depth chart. Uh, that's my biggest question mark is the depth chart. And yeah. it's not about my lack of confidence, I guess, in the depth chart, but I it's still a question mark for me. I think a lot hinges on the guys behind Hart and Morrison. You know, mm-hmm. can they be able to spell those guys? Can, you know, God forbid there's an injury for a game or two, can they step up and be okay? against a Duke or a Pitt or something along those lines, you know, can they sustain a lot longer than that? Can they just relieve for a couple Mm -hmm. of series? Like all the things that we talked about in the previous 90 minutes, that's a big question mark for me because we haven't seen those guys in those roles before. Not saying they can't do it, but it's still, it's still a question mark for me as to, will they be able, will they do it? Sure. They got to prove it. They got to prove it. And that's why I say, Vince, part of my confidence level was at least in eight of the games. Right. We don't know the comp. I think the question that you have is I, I hope that you don't have doubt that they can cover guys at Tennessee State and Central Michigan and right. Pitt. And sure. You know, they wouldn't be, they shouldn't be scholarship players at Notre right. Dame if they couldn't do that. It's, but those aren't the games you're, you're paid to, mm-hmm. you know, win as a head coach at Notre Dame. You're, you're paid to beat Clemson. You're paid to beat Ohio State. You're paid to beat USC. You're paid to to get to the college football playoff and compete for championship. We don't know. So, so yes, the thing I'm confident in in those games is also still a question mark for the other thing. So, yes, sure. that is – can they can those teams play well enough in the big moments? I still think it's a question 
that that the current corners can play like that in, in big games. I just think overall, we saw them play great against Ohio State, the corners, that is. We saw them play great against Clemson. We saw them play up and down against North Carolina. We saw them play uh, up and down. At, at, I'm trying to remember who was the other game that the corners. Ah, give me a second, Vince. I'm going to try to remember. Oh, uh, Syracuse. Benjamin Morrison had a bit of a rough game against Syracuse. Clarence played really well. We saw. Oh, uh, Stanford. I didn't think the corners played well against Stanford. We don't know how they're going to play against USC because Benjamin Morrison played great, but because they just didn't throw at him. There's no Cam Hart, no Clarence, no Tariq Bracey in that game. So to me, I think the whole cornerback t- rotation, you have to look and say, okay, was the Ohio State game an anomaly? Right. Or is that just who they are? But I would say they were tested last year in, in several games. I mean, go watch the BC game. I mean, Zay Flowers became a favorite of draft analysts. And you know what I didn't see in all the highlights that he played in? I never saw any hot Notre Dame highlights because – you know, sometimes you say, well, look, Emmett Moorhead didn't have time to throw him the ball. That was true, but he wasn't open either. I mean, he was <laughs> he was getting blanketed until, until yeah. you know, Clarence Lewis or Cam Hart obviously got hurt. Uh, but, I mean, they tried to throw screens to him, and Notre Dame ate him up. I mean, so they were really hitting their peak as a cornerback tandem, and then Cam goes down. And we don't get a seat because I was looking forward to that matchup against USC big time with Cam Hart and, and Benjamin Morris. And, like, and then we just didn't get a chance to see it. And so, so that's a that's a that's a question mark for me. I think the other one for me too, Vince, is is the question mark for me is can Thomas Harper stay healthy and and adapt okay. to the defense? We talked about that earlier. Like it's a question. Anytime there's a new guy, sure, you can't automatically assume he's going to just do exactly what he did at another team that plays in a different defense, and you know, especially when it's a guy coming off of an injury. So Thomas Harper to me is still a question mark. And and but man, I'll tell you what though, Vince. If he answers that question mark, it's it, he's going to be really good because the tools are there. It's, it's there's no question about the talent. The question is more about the health, the you know adapting to the defense and things like that. That'd probably be my other question mark. Okay, I, I, for the cornerback tandem. I, I I understand where you're coming from. Sure. And I don't, I'm just saying I think that's a bit of a question mark in the big games for all of them. Gotcha. At this point in time. Well, and mine I guess is similar to your Thomas Harper one. And it pains me to even say this because I am a huge Cam Hart fan, but I I did put on here and we talked about it when we were talking about Cam Hart specifically, right? Can he step up when, when picked on, right? Because I do think there's going to be more balls coming his way because of all the fanfare that Benjamin Morris is Benjamin Morrison is getting. Can he be consistent? I, I know he's got the talent to do it, but can he be consistent enough when that ball is coming his way? I think he can. But it's a question. Can I can I zero in on something you're saying here, Vince? To sure. maybe maybe it's it's your concern, <laughs> right. but let sure. me state it differently and see if this is what you're getting at. My biggest question was Cam Hart. Outside of staying healthy, he is a great player in coverage. He does not play the football very well. Yeah, that's the issue. And and so to me, like you look at the Wisconsin game two years ago, that's a bit of an anomaly for Clarence for Cam's career. You look at the Ohio State game. Well, the, he gave up a fifty-yard touchdown. They didn't beat him deep. He 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 misplayed an, an outcut and tried to go under it when he should have just played over top and let the guy catch it and then make the tackle. Right? He doesn't get the number of ha- his hand on the football 
and and find the football like the way that Benjamin Morrison does. Like Benjamin Morrison's ability to find the football and play it is exceptional. Cam doesn't do that. Sure. And that's something that that I want to see him do a better job of. So I think that it's not the coverage part that has ever the question mark. It's right. the, t- the, the handsy thing. But, dude, you got to find the football better and make more plays in the football when you turn around. And when it's in front of him, and that's what happened against Wisconsin, when it's in front of him, he plays it very well. Right. Once he flips his hip, he doesn't do his – and that somewhat understandable because he's a kid that hasn't played a ton of cornerback. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that that that's for me for Cam. It's it's that. Can he make more sure. plays? Yeah, that makes football sense. Absolutely. Because there's going to be more footballs coming his way. I mean, right. that that's exactly. going to be that's going to be key. Like, and it, it's not. Yeah. Do I worry about Cam Hart getting beat? Right. It's it's like the North Carolina game. Cam Hart was in perfect position. He couldn't find the football. Remember that first play of the game where they just threw it over his head. He was in perfect position. He had great coverage. He got his sure. hand up. He couldn't find the football. He couldn't play the football. I should say. Right. Those are the things like, boy, if, if he could fi- if he can fix that, man, he's going to be holy moly. Because, like, look, if he can fix that, Vince, and stay healthy, he could be their best corner this year. Sure. And and that's saying a lot when you consider how good Benjamin Morrison was last year and how good we expect him to be. And nobody has been on the Benjamin Morrison hype train longer than I have. Sure. Nobody. Right. Except maybe, maybe, maybe his Mike Mickens and Marcus Freeman. Oh, no. Maybe. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, not his parents. No, I'm just kidding about that one. Uh, parents are always the the, cat, the, the caveats, Absolutely. but yeah, right. You know, of the non-familiar right. people, right? <laughs> I don't know if I can be grandma and stuff like that. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. Uh, of the non-family, <laughs> like nobody's been on this hype train longer than me. Sure, and that's how good Cam Hart can be, though. I agree. It's just Cam has a lot more questions because Benjamin is like the the epitome of just soundness. Yes, and, right? of questions answered. I mean. It, yeah. You know, yes, he needs to take another step, which sure. makes sense going from 18 to 19 years old. But, but, but literally, Vince, if the right. only improvements Benjamin Morrison makes the next two years are strength, right. he's going to be an All American. Yeah. Absolutely. Our thing with him is just don't take a step back. Correct. Right. Don't regress. Right. And I don't think that's going to happen. That's why right. it's not a question for but me. But with Cam, it's, it's, dude, I need to see that guy for 50 plays a game, not 10. Sure. And I need to see that guy like never again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's the thing with Cam is there's like Benjamin was just kind of here early in the season. And then he dipped a little bit Syracuse, Stanford and Syracuse. And then he was up here and then he just like, whoosh, like that. Right. Like there's just a steadiness to his excellent, but like Cam was like, okay, that's the best cornerback play we've seen all year. And then like, what the flipping heck are you doing? And then, you know, and then, and those are the things Cam has to clean up. And if he can, like, I know Benjamin's getting all the hype and it's deserved. But I'm telling you, if people, if Cam plays his potential, and people actually watch the film and don't just rely on, you know, their opinions and presumptions and and looking at stats, there could be a case that Cam Hart's their best cornerback next sure. season, and he's got that potential. And if he's their best cornerback, we're talking about him being on the best cornerback on the team with a dude that I have not seen anyone have lower than a preseason third team All American list, and most yeah. people have him second or first. Right. That's saying something. And that's where my optimism comes to this position. All right. It's kind of fun time. It's bold prediction time. And this is, this is meant to be kind of a, a fun little topic. We're going to go out, some go out on a limb, have some fun with it. I feel like my first one is out on a limb. I feel like my second one is just a good prediction, but I put it under bold prediction anyway, because why the heck not? Uh, So my first bold prediction, Brian I went and looked at PBUs, past breakups, right? Did 
are you aware? I'm sure you are because you know all this stuff. Are you aware that Notre Dame was 129th out of 131 teams in pass breakups last year? I didn't know that they were they were that low, but I knew that they were low. They were really low. Yeah. They only had 24 all season. Uh, and and yeah. just for for experiment's sake, the number one team was Penn State with 85. So 24, 85. So that's that's, that's past the, breakups, uh, right? Past yeah. breakups. Yep. PB. And, and, and it shouldn't come as a surprise that a team like that also ranked pretty low in turnovers, red right. zone defense, right? I mean, right, right, yeah. absolutely. So it all goes together. My bold prediction. And I don't even know how bold this is, but my bold prediction is that they're going to more than double their pass breakups this year. They're going to have north of 50. They're going to okay. have 50 pass breakups this year. And that's the is the secondary or the corners? It's, I mean, it's probably I mean it's the secondary. It's the entire, obviously, okay. it's the entire defense, I guess, really. Um, but I just feel like Notre Dame is going to have a better opportunity to get their hands on the ball. I think their corners are going to be better at that. I just they're going to be more active when the ball is in the air. And to me, it's kind of headlined by the corners, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, so that's my big, bold prediction. My All prediction. right, what's your number two? My number two is that Jaden Mickey will absolutely thrive in the third cornerback role, and he will be ready to step in as the starter when uh, when Hart takes off for the NFL after this year. Okay. I can dig that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have some fun. I I, I struggle with bold predictions because I like, know me too. Me well, it's part of it's because like I just know the reaction. Like there's gonna be some knucklehead that's like, "Well, you said this," and I'm like, "Dude, we were having some fun." But whatever. right, right. Uh, here, here's my bold prediction for the year. And I'm trying to. I'm gonna go back and look and see when the last time this happened. So just give me one second, Vince. I'm gonna try to find the last time this happened. All right. So that's uh, eight. All right, I'm I'm not I don't think I'm gonna be able to find. It. Here here's my prediction: the Notre Dame okay. corners, Notre Dame corners are gonna have over ten interceptions this year. I'm gonna actually say go a little bit more bold because they were like eight last year because Benjamin had six of them. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Notre Dame corners have north of twelve interceptions as a Ooh. as a group this year, and I okay. and it's been a while since they've done anything like that. Like in 2021, they had four. In 2020, I, they had one. Jeez. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they only had they only had seven as a team in 2020. In 2019, they only had nine as a team. Like interceptions has not been a, a, a bit. They had 15 in 2021, but Kyle Hamilton had three, DJ Brown had three, Jack Heiser had two, Cam Hart had two. Uh, 2018, your cornerbacks had. Let's see. Um, let's see, four, two, three, three. So this is a this is a break from the norm for Notre Dame. Now again, yeah. part of it is because Notre Dame hasn't had corners to play a lot of man coverage. Sure, right. So I'm going to say definitely nor- north of ten for sure is going to be my bold prediction, and okay. I won't be surprised. That's still bold. Of- yeah, I mean, and now still when bold. I, I'm referring to also the nickels. That's part sure. of this. So, like, if Thomas Harper gets an interception playing in the nickel, that counts as for me as that. That's a lot. That's a it lot. A lot. For eight a was a lot. Tandem. If you, I mean, yeah. based on all the numbers that you just gave, eight was a lot. And you're for Notre Dame, it is sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. For Notre Dame, it definitely is a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's that's one of my bolds. I like that though. Turnover. My baby. second, my second bold prediction is going to be this. 
again, this is just having some fun with it, but Christian Gray is going to have multiple interceptions this season. Oh. Yeah, that's my Okay. Little. Christian right. Gray is going to have multiple interceptions this year. That's, and uh, I can see that, that happening. Comma, okay. Part of that, Chance Tucker is going to have a game-clinching pass breakup in a, in a big moment this year. Oh, those are my that's, two. That, that's three bold predictions, yeah. buddy. No, those are go together. Those I are know, like it feels like three. from the second level guys. Hey, okay, Vince, just one. <laughs> I put a comma, not a period. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're done. Right, Vince is out. <laughs> but no, that so. that that is big because, but also very possible because I do think that there are going to be games where. Those guys are going to get a lot of playing time. And what's going to be happening when those teams are behind? They're going to be throwing the football. But also, if Chance is in the game, in a game-clinching situation, I mean, somebody went down. That's, he's got to step up and make a that play. That is true. And I think, and it's more so looking at it from that standpoint. So yeah. that's that's my fun, fun bold predictions. Nice. I like if it. I, if, if I'm going to root for any of them not to come true, it's probably the one about Chance because that probably means somebody got hurt. Sure. But, it's just I don't like you know what it is, Vince. I've been saying this about Chance. I had Chance ranked pretty low in my class. You remember that? But remember, mm-hmm. there's just something about this kid where my grade tells me he should be near the bottom of the class. But I, what my expression whenever I talk about Chance was, I just have a feeling this kid's going to make my grade of him look stupid at some point in time. I used to always say that, and I still feel that way when I watch. I'm like, man, he's not super tall. He's not super strong. He's not super fast. But this kid just is a good football player. And he just he always I'm like, man, I I think this kid might make me look stupid for my <laughs> ranking of him. And I still have I still have not given that up yet. So that's kind of where that part of that prediction um came from as well. So cool. That's where it comes from. All right. Well, that is our breakdown of the cornerback position. Make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button, hit the notification yeah. bell, and share with your family and friends. Brian, because that's yeah. really important. Share with your family and friends. and uh, But don't go anywhere because we will have uh, at least a bit of a mailbag here. We've got some questions started, kind of ready to go. Uh, so don't right. go anywhere, but uh, make sure you join us next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast because we'll be back Monday with the recruiting hour. Maybe. Maybe. Hey, oh, John, maybe. maybe. Okay. okay. Uh, we have to see how what Ryan's going to be like first day back, but also Sean Davis and I have a topic that we were both pretty fired Ooh. up about before. Uh, oh, the one that we're on the phone about? <laughs> yeah. The one before that about the quarterback tiers. Sean and I are going to do a show oh, about that. There's another okay. stupid article that came out this week that had Sam Hartman as a tier four quarterback, and some of the guys ahead of him was just flat out stupid. And it wasn't even – like they had Jordan Travis as a tier four quarterback as well. It's like, okay, you guys are just – you guys are just – being trolls at this point. And this it's is a major it, national college football writer. This isn't like finding some like guy that wrote for some site that doesn't matter. This is a guy that's considered one of the top, you know, college football writers around and it just annoyed us. So we, we may, we may call an audible on Monday and do recruiting hour on Tuesday. We'll see. But we'll either see way, there's going to be oh, yes. a show at one o'clock. That's so right. that's the important thing. That's people. Right. And if, and if you're ever in flux and if you ever don't know if there's going to be a show, that's what that, that little bell right there. You click that bell, and you will be notified when Irish Breakdown is live and in charge. And then, of course, there's the uh, Ivy Nation Sports Talk at 6 o'clock on Monday as well. And that'll be me and Sean. And who knows what we're going to talk about? I don't know. We'll find out something good. I promise you. And then we'll have rapid fire.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.